Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brendan Burns Show. Joining me is none other than the Revamp Retreats Beast Mode Retreat Planner, Maya Zimmerman, coming in from sunny Los Angeles, California. Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be back again. We tried this one other time. Yes. And it didn't really pan out, but no, we were getting my podcast studio in order and we're also yeah. streaming this live in the Master Academy Facebook group. So for those listening, the Brendan Burns show is sponsored by Mastery Academy, the number one inner circle for people looking to elevate their business career or relationships. Looks like we already have Lizzie Biggs from the UK member watching this live. We're going to have more people watching it live pre-cut, but so excited to get you back on the show. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and why we're talking today? All right. So my background is, well, more recently in nutrition and holistic health, as well as event production. Um, I used to work in the music industry for several years until I kind of experienced my own health crisis, which led me to this world of holistic health. and. Um, I decided to kind of bring that event experience with me and start creating more conscious events um, like yoga retreats and workshops and things that really help people heal and um, connect with one another. So events have always been a huge thing for me and I know they have for you as well, Brendan, on your journey. Um, so it's really powerful to be able to offer that experience to people. And Brendan and I connected um, through his Instagram um, Facebook group, and we we just kind of I don't even know really what even happened. We just yes. kind of started chatting, started and then dialogue, and then plan, started to plan our first retreat. My first yeah. retreat in Costa Rica together. Um, yeah. Let's go back in time though, because I know you've learned a ton through personal experience. Uh, yes dealing with issues of mental health, um, mm -hmm. health crisis. Uh, what, to the extent that you can share, what were the biggest things that you've gone through in terms of challenges with mental health? Mm -hmm. And what advice do you now have for people? Because we all live in this world where we're trying to make money and find happiness and love, and there's just so much going on. And there should be so much noise. And it seems like you've found a way to work through a lot and get to a really good place and I'm sure people would benefit tremendously from hearing um, your vulnerable sharing of what you've been through. Yeah. So um, my mental health journey started my freshman year of college. And I had a pretty great life growing up, to be honest. Um, there wasn't really much to be too upset about. And around wintertime in Oregon, where I was going to college, um, I started to just feel really low, really low mood. I was going through a lot at the time, um, so it felt pretty situational, mm -hmm. and it was definitely a seasonal thing as well. So I was going through a breakup. Um, I was, you know, experiencing this like really kind of gloomy winter in Oregon, and then I also got strep throat and mono at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know this at the time, but that really kind of kicked off um, this chronic state of depression. And so I kind of, you know, tried all of these traditional routes, going to therapy and um, 
eventually decided to take medication because my depression was so bad. And, you know, a lot of time had passed. There wasn't necessarily a good reason to feel this depressed anymore. You know, summer had come, um, great things were happening. I was having success in college and in my internships and jobs and all these things, but I just still felt so low. And it got to a place where I was actually feeling extremely suicidal and would pretty much like daydream every single day about getting hit by a bus or, you know, some really tragic thing. I'm glad you failed miserably at executing that plan. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I really did get close at one point. So Mm. I, um, I decided to take medication. I was really resistant to it for a while because I was like, I don't want to admit that there's something this wrong with me. And why, um, what was going on um, in terms of either the denial? Because I, I've coached a lot of people in, who, who experienced that as well. It's a very normal thing. But well, for you, what do you think that either denial or fear of opening up about what was there was really about? Well, I've always kind of dealt with um, OCD and perfectionism. And I'm the eldest child in my family. And I think, you know, I really just needed to kind of, I felt like I needed to set a certain example and really have my stuff together. Um, And it was just like a fear of not being perfect or not appearing perfect. And it was so, I don't know. I think feeling like there was something just wrong with me Um, and that I was different from all of these people I knew who kind of didn't have to go this route just felt really heavy. And, you know, it's an interesting question because at that time I was so asleep. I was, I was not awake to all of the like intricacies of the mind and body and spirituality and all these things. So, I mean, looking back at it now, I was totally out of alignment, Mm. you know? Um, But I also had some physiological things going on. So I decided to try medication. I was on this one antidepressant for about six months, didn't notice any difference, Um, moved to San Francisco, started an amazing career working for an artist management label, um, an indie music label, and like had this job that all these people would kill for. But I was still just so upset all the time and just wishing I could die. And so I know it's probably a confluence of different factors and emotions and things, but was there anything you could specifically point to that was driving that unhappiness? Because I can really resonate with being 25 years old, being an associate in investment banking at Lazard, Mm -hmm. money, prestige, the job. Like I remember being 25 and my summer intern was a 32 year old Columbia business school grad who I would mm-hmm. boss around. And he was like, how did you get here? And everyone was like, you know, I had the company card, the fancy meal. Right. And, and on the inside, I was so raw, empty, depressed without realizing it until I couldn't get out of bed. And I had to, that started my own personal journey. But, and, and I would even be curious to go back in my own side and say, what was it for me? And I'm curious if you can either do that now, if you've thought about it, like, were there sort of core things going on that were like the biggest contributors to this depression or suicidal thoughts? Yes, definitely. And I think it would probably be helpful to, um, to get into that, like with the discovery of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of wrap up with like the, the therapy and the psychiatry and all these things. So basically this medication didn't work for me. I went yeah. on to try 
five different other antidepressants. Um, I tried three different medications to sleep because I had full-blown insomnia, was not sleeping. At one point, they put me on a medication for bipolar disorder, and literally nothing worked for me. I was like, okay, I took this leap, um, like dove into you know, the medication route and thought that this was going to help me, even though I kind of intuitively knew that it was not going to heal me. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to feel better. And I just didn't. Mm. So I had all these prescriptions. I had all these pills at my disposal. And I came very, very close to taking every single one of them. Wow. Like I had all of them in my hand at one point. And I was like, spending a lot of time researching kind of the effects that this could possibly have. And I was so scared about it not working that like the fear of it not working um, trumped the fear of living <laughs> or I guess of dying. Yeah. Um, and so I decided not to do that, but I came very close and I was like really losing hope. It was just, it was miserable. And I really didn't have like, a good reason that I was aware of to be feeling this way. And is there anything you can look back on and say if something were there, some person, some resources, some feelings that would have made you feel less likely to even consider that? I guess what you know, one thing is obviously making it less taboo and more just talking about this and helping yeah. people realize they're not the only one in yeah. society. But is there anything else that you know, either did help you make the right decision or could have helped you even more to not even get to that point? Yeah, I mean, um, I really feel like Western medicine failed me. And it wasn't until I took a more holistic approach mm. and started working with doctors who were kind of looking at the whole body and doing more in-depth lab testing mm -hmm. um, and, you know, focusing on things like your community and, um, a meditation practice, relationships, yeah. kind of, you know, just the whole picture of your life. Um, and it, it took me a lot of, um, it took me a lot of time to find that route though. And so eventually I decided I was going to get a trainer and, um, you know, take like my fitness more seriously. And I was like, okay, maybe this will work. And I ended up coming across this holistic fitness center in San Francisco. And they really focused on like mental health and they had nutritionists and people who were doing various lab testing. Um, and they had like massage and workshops and sound baths and all this stuff. And I was just like, kind of blown away. And it was interesting when I sat down for my one-on-one -on -one nutrition session, they were asking me about what I was eating. I was like, how does this relate? It just didn't really register for me. Nobody ever told me anything about that. Yep. And so I started changing my diet and um, really starting to change my lifestyle a bit, go to sleep earlier, which was definitely tough working in the music industry because it's such a late night industry to be in. And I was kind of required to go to concerts and festivals and all this stuff. Um, not complaining. It was amazing. But, you know, it wasn't really supportive of my healing. Um, so anyway, I started working with this practitioner at the studio who did some lab testing and put me on some supplements and a meal plan. And 
I wasn't really noticing a difference yet, but I started to have more hope and I started to have more community and mm. um, was just really finding a joy in like taking care of myself on another level. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of pointed me in the direction of seeking out a naturopathic doctor who did more in-depth lab testing and um, found out that I had an autoimmune condition going on. And it's called Hashimoto's, and it's an autoimmune thyroid condition. And basically, this is what was causing my depression. And so it was... What was causing that disease? Is that genetic or was that from like water intake, sleep, diet? It's a combination. Um, I think that there are a lot of, you know, just like physical um, things that can contribute to it, but I think that there are also energetic things that can contribute to it. For example, so your thyroid is located at the base of your neck, like right in front of your voice box. Mm -hmm. And I was really suppressing myself for a very long time. And I wasn't expressing myself fully. Um, I wasn't always, you know, speaking up when I could have been, you know, working in the music industry, I was literally the only woman in my office. And, there was just a lot of negative energy and I just kind of like shut my mouth and was such a people pleaser for so long. And Mm. so I really think that this contributed partially um, to my thyroid going out. Um, But then there's also genetic components and, you know, I was eating things that I was sensitive to. I was really stressing myself out, being so hard on myself. I think like the way that I was speaking to myself was really manifesting um, as like physical symptoms in my body because, you know, I was essentially attacking myself with my words and my thoughts. Mm. Therefore my body decided to attack itself. And this is like not something that I was aware of, of course. And we're kind of conditioned in society to like, be hard on ourselves a bit, you know, and like push harder and make this stuff happen. And it's so like normal and accepted for women to just hate their bodies and like complain about all these things and not celebrate themselves, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I kind of just fell into that trap and it was a spiral. Um, So yeah, a lot of different things contributed to it, but going back to what I said previously, the getting mono and strep at the same time, like this basically caused this virus to like fester in my body and I never got rid of it. So um, Epstein-Barr virus is the virus associated with mono and it can really lay dormant in your body um, and is the root cause for a lot of autoimmune conditions and Lyme disease and food sensitivities, all these things. So a lot of people have some degree of it living in their bodies but mine was like very expressed Mm. um i just want to we'll pick back up on this whole thing but i just want to stop for a second um because you mentioned something extremely important which is how can we be kinder to ourselves and Mm. our own worst enemy or our own critics yeah i'm curious if you could just share some tidbits some quick strategies for listeners who may not even be aware of how they're talking to themselves or they may be like, Oh wow, I am being really hard on myself, but how can I change that? What would you say? Well, it it's practice, you know, I mean, people go to the gym on a regular basis to take care of their bodies. We need to like go to the, the neuro gym, the mind gym, you know, do that inner size, not just the exercise. So it really is 
a consistent practice that needs to be put in place. Um, you can't meditate your way out of, you know, depression if you do it one time. It really is being um, being consistent with it, but also finding something that works for you. So meditation is huge. I will never like shut up about meditation. It is so profound. Um, it took me a little while to kind of drop in and get into it, but there's so many amazing teachers out there. There's so many different styles of meditation to be able to like go inward and start to observe your thoughts and slow down those negative loops mm-hmm. is going to be life-changing. Like now I can actually just watch myself think and identify if something is actually true or if it's something that I'm making up in my mind. Mm. Um, and I've also, I've, I've given the voice in my head a name. And I think that that has been really helpful too. Her name is Madeline. Madeline. Um, yeah, that was just the name that came to me. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just, you know, I'll still be hard on myself sometimes. And I'll just be like, oh, hold up. That's Madeline speaking. That's not Maya. And yeah. initially, when I decided to name the voice in my head, I thought that she was like this bitch, like, excuse my language. She was like my enemy, you know, I was like, screw Madeline, whatever. Um, but I realized that I actually really needed to become friends with her. Yes. Um, so those are, those are a couple of things. Um, I've done so much like personal development work. I've done mirror work. I've done like EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique. Um, I have gone to tons of workshops and retreats and just like really gotten, um, vulnerable and real with what I'm feeling and experiencing and to be able to do that in a group of people and have people connect with you and relate to your story is super healing in itself. So like, I really encourage people to find one person, two people, like a group of people that they can actually unleash with and talk about these things. And then the other thing is like on the, on the more, um, I guess physical side is really, you know, taking your foundation seriously. So making sure that you are eating food that agrees with your body. I don't necessarily like the term healthy because it means something different to everyone. Like something that is really healthy for me might make someone else feel really bad and vice versa. So it's like finding your own healthy. Um, And, you know, you could have like this perfect diet, but if you're not getting enough sleep, and you're not um, moving your body on a regular basis, getting out into nature, if you don't have good relationships in your life, a community, some kind of, um, you know, spiritual practice of some sort, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna click, like you really need a bit of everything. Um, And what you eat affects how you feel so much. And I kind of yeah. like to use the analogy of like everything that you feed yourself um, really affects how you feel. And so that's like, that's food, that's your own thoughts. That's like the people that you allow into your life. It's like, what are you feeding yourself with? Um, but yeah, I mean, like not about 90 to 95% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. And then that gets like sent up to your brain. So mm. if you're not eating good, wholesome foods, 
then you're not going to have enough serotonin and you're just not going to feel as happy. Um, our food really makes up our entire bodies. Like everyone says, you are what you eat, but I don't think people even take that as seriously as they could. Like it is yeah. so unbelievably true. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's also, it's interesting because I've done some traveling recently to some more random parts of America and Canada. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to go to Japan and Western Europe and all these great places. And I, I'm just kind of ticking off the miscellaneous, like last mm. 10 U.S. states, for example, that I'm checking off. And uh, it's brought me to like Missouri and then a, a very rural part of Canada. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just noticing how hard it is to eat healthy where every place it's like almost like a highway strip mall mcdonald's yeah. Barbie, like just the fast food model mm -hmm. and um so I'm, I'm very grateful to live in new york city where it's yeah. much more amenable to you know green juice acai bowls and you know it's so much easier here mm -hmm. but do you have any advice for people on how to kind of swim against the green or you know you're going upstream basically being like no bacon no this no that whatever not that bacon's bad but just as an example you have to be like i want this but hold 90 percent of it just so i can actually have vegetables or whole foods or whatever I mean, cooking more certainly helps. I'm sure you mm -hmm. go to farmer's markets or you did mm -hmm. when you were in San Francisco, but any kind of ways to just restructure and remodel how you consume the food and create a plan to eat whole yeah. food and eat healthy? Yeah, um, I really focus on simplifying with people. Um, I think like health has been just blown out of proportion with all the different products and supplements and things on the market. Like start really basic. When you go into a grocery store, shop around the perimeter of the supermarket. Like, yeah. you know, kind of avoid those middle aisles. Um, all of the fresh food is on is on the the outskirts. Um, and I so I'm actually doing the Whole Thirty this month. Have you heard of Whole Thirty? What is that? It's basically like just eating whole foods for 30 days. 30 days. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's like a really great way to um, reset and just become more aware of what you're eating. Um, there's a huge community around it as well. So there's tons of support and um, it's really clear kind of like what is permitted and what isn't. Um, it can feel a bit restrictive for people depending on like where they're starting from but just to have that kind of like structured container can mm -hmm. be helpful for people who are just starting um yeah. and then you mentioned like while you're traveling it can be pretty tough so yeah. i definitely encourage people to bring some stuff with them um, if they don't have access to like fresh vegetables or something you could get like a greens powder or something like that that just has a lot of um, vitamins and minerals that you don't get from like non-plant foods. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, wow, there's so many, there's so many different things that people can do. Um, trying to think of some good. Well, some one, you know, one, one, of my, one of my old clients from Instagram uh, is a personal trainer, ran a gym in New York city for years. And he sent me this PDF, which has, it says 12, health and fitness tips for smarter traveling. And mm -hmm. I just pulled it up and I'm curious if you've ever done any of these, but he says, call the hotel in advance to map out the healthy restaurants, um, ask them to email you the list of them, um, find out about the gym hotel or the hotel gym, mm -hmm. 
get yourself a workout travel kit. I have a band that I always set up right when I get mm-hmm. to the hotel for different exercises. Yeah. This is a kind of working off what he has here, but something that I'll do, especially on longer flights is like, I'll just do yoga in open spaces. And yeah. I'm like, sorry, person who's in the emergency row. I'm just going to be doing like forward bends right in front of you. But I got to stretch out here. And that's something yeah. I do a lot. But I yeah, totally I was, do that. Yeah. And I was also referring on uh, in addition to, eating healthy while traveling, but it's just how I've noticed, especially like, for example, in Southern states in the U S and things of that nature, how you have, um, it's just harder in certain parts of the world and country mm-hmm. to eat mm-hmm. healthy based on the way it's all set up. Totally. So typically even, um, if there's not a lot of like good fresh produce, mm-hmm. grocery stores will sell like frozen fruit and vegetables. Yes. And, um, that stuff is totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> like actually it can be even fresher than some of the produce that's sitting out in the crates because mm-hmm. when, um, so frozen fruit and vegetables is actually, they're frozen at peak ripeness. Yeah. So they can, they can be great options for people. Um, and then you can like, you know, throw some frozen root vegetables on a sheet pan and roast that or like mm-hmm. some frozen broccoli, something like that. Get some frozen blueberries and put them in a smoothie. Um, I'm a big smoothie fan. Yeah. I make like, I make very functional smoothies. So they, you know, definitely like make sure that your blood sugar is stabilized and you can throw in different like herbs and adaptogens. Um, this isn't necessarily simplifying, but you can really make your food work for you. (laughs) And I've, I've found it to be really, um, kind of a creative experience when it comes to smoothies. It's like, how do I want to feel today? Am I kind of on edge? Do I need to relax a little bit? Or do I need a bit more energy for X, Y, and Z? Um, or, you know, am I going to be like, traveling for a little while and won't be able to eat. Okay. I need to increase the fiber, whatever. Um, so yeah, but to really simplify when you're creating your meals, any meal, you really want to keep four things in mind. One is protein. One is fat, healthy fats, um, fiber. And then ideally you're also getting some green vegetables in there. Um, so it's it's totally possible. Like spinach in a smoothie really doesn't have any flavor. Mm. So no excuses there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the vodka of vegetables. You could just throw it in. Spinach, I don't know yeah. about that analogy. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, not everyone agrees with that one, but you can put that one right in there. Slip it in. I have I always have frozen spinach in my freezer and just mm-hmm. drop it right in. Yep. Uh, and I also am a big fan of Daily Harvest, which I don't know if you oh, guys cool. have in LA, but it's yeah, it pre-cut. Is yeah, it's pre-cut frozen smoothies. And then what I'll do is I'll just add more spinach, banana, super seed mix, adaptogens, whatever I want to add in. Even though that you said it's like, oh, that may not be simple, it actually is. It's just you take quick scoops of whatever. Yeah. And also just talk quickly about that book you recommended to me, which had the quiz and I started taking some supplement um, and cool. adding it to my smoothie. But you know what I'm talking about? That book that yeah. kind of diagnoses one of four personalities and then it gives you a supplement to go with it. Are you talking about the mood cure? Yes. Tell us yeah. about the mood cure. So the mood cure is all about um, 
healing mental health issues or like mood issues with nutrition yes. um, and supplements. And I mean, she gets into some of the lifestyle pieces as well, but um, just really kind of goes deep into the mechanisms of how food works in our bodies and talks a lot about the amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins that make up the tissues in our bodies. And, you know, if we're not getting adequate amounts of them, um, our, our minds can really kind of suffer. And so she goes through and she makes a lot of different recommendations for supplements. Um, if you're experiencing certain sy symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it goes pretty deep, but if you are having some mental health or some mood constraints, I highly recommend that book. Um, I have used a lot of the suggestions in that book and have helped clients with, um, with their problems as well based on the information in that book. So mm -hmm. it's a really good one. Yeah, that's a great one. Any other either books that have helped you or, you know, in, in my life, there are certain mentors or, you know, influencers who've really, I stick to and I've gone to their live events and read all their books. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of core people who you recommend either their books or just them as personalities other than me, of course? Yeah, you're number one. Yes. Other um, than me. Yeah. So within, within like nutrition and um, functional health, I really like Kelly Levesque. Um, she has a great book called Body Love. And a lot of what she talks about is about balancing blood sugar. Mm. Um, because if blood sugar is imbalanced, it's definitely going to, um, that's going to relate to some mood and mental health issues, yes. as well as, you know, weight gain and just kind of irritability and all these things. So mm. um, she's a great one. I love Dr. Mark Hyman. Yeah. He's written like 10 books. He's the um, man. He's the man. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, wow, there are so many. Do you like I Michael Pollan? Like, I love Michael Pollan. I was going to yeah. drop him in there too for people who yeah. want to grab the food rules, his little guide that I like. Yep. His, um, his documentary on Netflix mm -hmm. is by far my favorite movie about food and nutrition. Um, pretty much all the other ones are super biased and a lot of them contain some outdated information. Um, and Michael Pollan is just a journalist. And so he just is really seeking the truth. And I love that because he's not like, you have to eat this certain way. He's just like, this is kind of how things have been done throughout history and what has been most effective. And he, he goes, he dives into it. It's amazing. Um, that one's called is the documentary The Omnivore's Dilemma or is um, it I feel in like that's one of his books. food? I think it's in defense of food. He has a yeah. few. Um, but yeah, he's amazing. And then more on like the personal development side of things. I mean, I love Tony Robbins like for life. He's just the best. He's my, he's my man. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, I love Marie Forleo as well. Yep. She kind of blends like the personal growth and business and yes. just kind of like lifestyle optimization. Um, She's great for women, especially like female yeah. entrepreneurs. Totally. Yeah. I was yeah. on her list for a little bit and I was like, all right, this is like, 
<laughs> it's very geared toward me, yeah. women. It definitely yeah. is. But yeah. she's but she's cool and she's actually based here in New York too. Yeah, she is. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so many people who have just like changed my life. Brene Brown is a big one. Yes. Are you a fan of her? You know, I, I didn't really know her work a lot. And then mm -hmm. uh, last year I was going through some stuff with relationships and I was like, need a little guidance in the field of um, being able to have empathy for mm. my, you know, my romantic partners and mm -hmm. uh, compassion and also vulnerability, empathy for myself and mm -hmm. watching her stuff. It was great. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown's work. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, we're kind of getting to the end here on timing. So what's next for you in terms of your personal journey, personal development and goals around there? Yeah. So right now um, I'm working on a few different things. So as Brendan mentioned, I plan retreats. So I put together highly transformational um, retreats all around the world we have an awesome one coming up with Brandon in Costa Rica in this magical town, Nosara. Um, it's an entrepreneurship and wellness retreat, and it's going to be incredible. So I highly recommend coming. I will be there. I will be supporting people on their journeys while we're there as well. Um, and yeah, we're doing like 15 to 20 retreats a year all over the world. So that's really exciting. Um, I work with some clients one-on-one -on, -one on nutrition and holistic lifestyle. Um, and I'm actually going to be doing a training in March for um, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Nice. I'm really passionate about the mindset work. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like I, I took all of these steps to change my health. Um, but I think, you know, everything didn't really fall into place until I addressed the mindset piece. So yeah. like I said, like you can, you can eat all the healthy food, exercise, get enough sleep, whatever. But if you're not in the right mindset that you have the ability to heal and that you deserve health and vitality and, you know, romantic relationships and money and all these things, then guess what? You're not going to get it. So mindset work is huge. I'm going to be doing the NLP training. Um, tied up in that is also some EFT, emotional freedom technique, as well as hypnosis. So mm -hmm. really kind of diving deeper into the ways that I can help others um, heal and just create these absolutely amazing lives because I, I got to experience that. Like I was in a really, really low place. I got close to not being here right now to tell this story. Um, and now I really, I live this amazing life. Like I'm pretty obsessed with my life <laughs> and it's so cool. It's so cool to be able to say that I never thought that I was going to get to that place. And I don't say that from a place of like bragging or, you know, like being vain or anything. It's like, I've done the work and I can see how much, um, people have the ability to change, transform, heal, like, you know, really create what they want. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to helping more people design the lives of their dreams as kind of cheesy as that sounds like anything that you can imagine can be real. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really helpful to have support on that mission, on that journey to level up because there's so many blocks in the way sometimes and to have someone really just kind of like 
throwing that all back in your face and helping you work through it in a really kind of like compassionate and loving way yep. um, is, is game changing. So yeah, I don't know. Lots of it, events coming up in LA. I'm yeah. That's awesome. Lots, well, lots very, very proud of you, Maya, for an incredible transformation. And this is now impacting other people. And I just think it's so great that you mentioned the importance of mindset. Uh, on top yeah. of the health and wellness, because I'm sure you know this, but we as humans think 2,000 to 3,000 thoughts per hour. Mm-hmm. And most people are not aware of that. We're not aware of our own thoughts and what's going through our mind. And we're not aware that using tools like EFT, tapping, mm-hmm. meditation, mindfulness, we can actually change those thoughts or yep. the person who's coming up with the negative ones and replace that. So yeah. thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for coming on. I will see you in Costa Rica. Yes, May you 4th will. Through 9th. Guys, revamp retreats. Get your ticket now. I'm so excited to be partnering with you on this. And thanks again for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Yes. And thank you all the live watchers in Mastery Academy, Jeanette, Lizzie, anyone else who's watching live. You guys rock.